We're going, we don't need roads. Hop into the tracking the draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. <laughs> plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. All right, let's move on to Time Machine now, and we're starting with uh, Ridley Gregg, a center from Brandon, ranked 30th on the Craigslist. Uh, we were talking just before we got on the air about longtime owner Kelly McCrimmon selling the Wheat Kings after almost 30 years of ownership, and and Gregg, in his second year with Brandon, almost doubled his point production. So let's get in the Time Machine and get going with uh, Ridley Gregg. Okay, well, I mean, Ridley, and uh, I, I've watched Ridley play since he was 15 years of age, and you know, you, you watch a player. So I was talking earlier about physical strength. Mm-hmm. Ridley has never been a player that hasn't want to be invested in the hard, edgy parts of the game, ever. Was he capable of doing it to the, to the greatest extent? No, because he wasn't physically mature. He wasn't strong enough, but he lacked no desire. His desire was deep. And so as you watch him now physically mature and, he, and, and, and that confidence comes, and now he knows he can do it to a greater extent. And so he starts in Brandon as a 16-year-old. He goes through that 16-year-old year, and, and you could just see him get better and better at, at really post-January or post-New Year's. And then he, he becomes a, a more confident player. He makes the Halinka gretzky team for Team Canada. You know, that's a really competitive camp. And then he comes through this year. And so now you're watching him and, you know, he wants to make plays. He he kills penalties. He can play in so many different areas of your team and he's no fun to play against. So Hmm. where do I go on the time machine? I think I I go right to Nazem Kadri. Wow. When I watch Nazem Kadri play and I, I, like, I love Nazem Kadri and I love the way he approaches the game. I love the way he has this kind of take no prisoners and I'm going to do whatever whatever it takes to win. And, you know, we saw with the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in two consecutive playoffs, uh, you know, you know, him being suspended. But, you know, like it's not so much about being suspended. It's about, okay, can, can opponents get under your skin and put you in a position where you become vulnerable to, to doing something rash that could hurt the team. And I felt that the Toronto Maple Leafs, who ultimately lost in Game 7 to the Boston Bruins in the 2019 playoffs, going into that series, I thought their depth at center with Matthews, Tavares, and Kadri was unmatched, and I thought it was a real advantage. They still went to Game 7 without Nazem for the last five games. I really believe if they had Nazem, they would have beat the Boston Bruins because I think that he would have would have given them, he would have been able to tilt it into their favor in that regard. We saw what he did this year for the Colorado Avalanche, a, a, a superb, I think a superb second-line center behind the great Nathan McKinnon. So Ridley Gregg, I see him as a number two, number three edgy two-way center in the mold of Nazem Kadri. And I think that players like that, because they're so versatile, because they're so smart, and because they're so darn competitive, I want those guys on my team. 
Well, I could tell you growing up in the Weed City, those type of players, Ridley, Greg, they are fan favorites. And and like I I'll I'll just bring up Jordan Tutu's name as oh. an example as the ultimate small energy guy who, you know, was not only a star in Brandon, but on that world junior team that that he was on. And I, I'm not sure if if these guys are on the, the, the same level, but those guys that they just seem to have a motor that never stops. Do you think Ridley Gregg is a guy who will succeed more on will and smarts than maybe skill and speed? Well, see, that's what I would do is don't underestimate his skill. Don't underestimate his skill because do I think he'll be a high-end offensive player? No. But, you know, the, the areas that they contribute in and the areas that they're able to take advantage of, because they're so smart and because they have good skills, and but because they're so competitive and determined, they just do not allow themselves to be denied. So we want to look at it as 70 points. Well, to me, the way that Ridley Gregg plays, the way that Nazem Kadri plays, you know, that what they give you, I think, is so important to a team because they keep – when Ridley Gregg's out on the ice, the other team knows it. When mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri's on the ice, the other team knows it. Jordan Tutu's on the ice, the other team knows it. Another player that I thought that Ridley compared to a little bit was Braden Shannon, another former weak king. Right. Right. But you know when they're out on the ice. <laughs> and, you know, they they can play in different areas on your team. They can contribute in different areas on your team. And versatility, adaptability with the requisite skills and smarts and competitive spirit. Oh, Sign me up. I thought Braden Chen was the guy you might have actually been going to when I when I was reading about Ridley Gregg. What do you think about Gregg's uh, his his skating? Is it is it okay? Uh, is it to the point where you think with a little work it can get to a a, a better level at the next level, or is it pretty good already? I, I, when I look at Ridley, I just say, Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a developmental area. And I think there's, there's room to improve once he, once he gets some, some more strength in, in, in his legs and in his, in his, uh, midsection. And you, you know, as, again, we got to keep in mind, he just turned 18 years of age. He, he's That's a right. young player for the draft. So there's lots of time and lots of growth ahead for him, but I see no flaws in his skating. It like, again, you know, you need a, a basic level of skating to be able to perform at the National League level. And then when I say uh, along the lines of a Nazem Kadri type in a number two, number three center hole, yeah, but I don't see any inherent weaknesses in his skating or his ability to get that skating up to the level that's going to be required for him to, to be a, a real good, solid player of the National Hockey League. Yeah, and there's been a ton of guys that have worked on their their skating to to get better in the National Hockey League. And, and just, just sticking on the, the weaking thing, I, I remember watching Mark Stone uh, for the first real time during that Memorial Cup that Brandon hosted. Scott Glennie uh, was injured, and they put Stone up with uh, Calvert and, and, and Shen. And I thought, wow, th- this he kind of looked like a Bambi on ice because he was so young and developing. And then you see the development of, of Mark Stone with a real nose for the net. So it's amazing to watch those guys at 16 and then see that development even in just one year. And you're like, wow, okay, this guy really um, wants to improve because you can see it in his game. Whereas some of those guys, like we've talked about, you don't see that improvement after a couple of years. Well, and, and you just brought up what I think is just a great comparison because Scott Glennie, I believe, was what, the eighth overall pick? 
Yep. The NHL Without, yeah. And Mark Stone was a six-round draft pick. Both yeah. right-wingers, both playing in the same spot, right? And so Scott was this bigger player that could skate and, you know, was able to take advantage. But when I was talking earlier about Jack Quinn and, and, and you're watching for things, like, you know, Scott Glennie, you know, yeah, you could see some power in his game. You could see some skating. You could see a big shot. But there was other areas of his game, and, and they obviously became significant flaws because it prevented him from having an NHL career of any type because he didn't have those. But what did Mark Stone have? Mark Stone had that sense. He had a change of pace. He understood, you know, where to be and where to be at the right times. And that's not you, – you can understand why Scott Glennie was the eighth overall pick. You, 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 it's not like, oh, my God, what were they thinking? It's, right. just, it's just about why you always have to continuously evaluate. It's not just evaluating forward. You need to evaluate backwards as well. Mm -hmm. That's a yeah. real important part of scouting and evaluation. Yeah, they both had tools, and and one guy I think just had a little bit more of a drive as well to to yeah. improve on on those tools. All right, let's jump ahead in time now to 2021. This is a player that you recommended to Trish go out and get for high level scouting in the UFHL. She did, and we're talking about Zachary Bolduc, center with Ramuski, ranked 14th on the Craigslist for 2021. And I know Alexis Lafreniere thinks really high of this guy. What about you? Oh, I do too, and he's a he's a, he's a really good player so i gotta give you a little bit of a backstory here so this is this is I, I love this this is fascinating stuff for me so the ushl has a fall classic every year uh in pittsburgh they have they have the setup there all the ushl teams come there and they play so uh zachary bolduck uh was playing in the fall classic now i knew that he had been uh a high pick in the quebec league and like i want to say top 10 top eight perhaps uh, I'm not exactly, I don't exactly remember, you know, where he was uh, picked, but he was a high, high pick in the, in the Quebec League draft. But he had decided that he was going to go or he was going to consider mm -hmm. the college route, the university route. So what does he do? He ends up playing in the USHL and he's playing with the Sioux City Musketeers in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, you're watching, I'd seen him at the under 17 camp. Uh, that that summer, and, I, and he was he was a good player. It was pretty obvious, and then you knew what the path was and what he was going to do, or what he was considering. So now he shows up in Pittsburgh. Well, Pat Brisson's son uh, Brendan was playing there with the Chicago Steel. That was the weekend they were retiring Sidney Crosby's jersey. Well, okay. what, what do you think Ramuski did? Who drafted Zachary Bolduck? Yeah. They asked Sidney Crosby if he could talk to Zachary Bolduck. So now Zachary is in Pittsburgh, and Pat Brisson, who is uh, Zach's agent, you know, tells him, he goes, listen, uh, Sidney Crosby wants to talk to you. And, like, Zachary Bolduck's like, what? Like, what? Like, you know, kind of in that innocent, naive stage. <laughs> and now he's getting – He's okay. Can you meet me? He's now he goes and Sydney's telling him about Ramuski and you know and Pat is like, hey, Brendan's going. Is that Michigan enrolled at Michigan? Pat's like, okay, here's what here's what college offers you. Here's what junior hockey. But can you imagine? You're this young player, a really good young player. 
and you're sitting with Sidney Crosby while he's trying to explain to you the merits of playing in Rabuski and how beneficial it would be for you? How would you even understand anything he is saying? I would be <laughs> so in awe at that age. Yeah, it would be. But but it also speaks to the great experience that Sidney had in Rabuski, sure. right? And and it was. And I mean, we all know. I mean, Sidney went there. He speaks French. He's fluent, and and you know loves Rabuski. And we all know what he meant to the Rabuski Oceanic. Ultimately. Zach decided, Zachary decided, I'm going to go to Ramuski. All he does is score 30 goals as a 16-year-old. 30 goals. Like, you know, 30 goals as a 19-year-old is good. As a 16-year-old kid, I'm telling you what, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, just giving you that little bit of a backstory, you know, it's fascinating that, you know, he was looking at different options. He kept them open. And here he is now finding himself at this point where he makes a decision. Pat Brisson, you know, is going to give you great great uh, advice and guidance in, in, in terms of making that uh, decision. But that's what he ends up doing. And not only does he end up going there and playing with Lafreniere, but but he ends up being in a really good spot where, you know, where Zach felt that this was the best place for his development. Listen, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's a winger that is exceptionally smart. He, can, he He's played center ice, but finds his way over to the wing at times, but can shoot the puck. And when I talk about hockey sense that's off the charts, he has hockey sense off the charts. He is, you know, you, you know when you pick up your head and it doesn't matter where the play is, a certain player is always in that area. You yeah. talked about Mark Stone earlier. That's Mark Stone. You pick up your head, there's 61. Oh, 61's there. Oh, 61's there. You know, that's Zachary Bolduck. No matter where, where the play is, he's always in the middle of it. So when we talk about almost a point-of-game player, as a as a rookie and a thirty goal score, it's not accidental. He's he he's got he's a good skater. He's competitive. He shoots the puck. He can make plays. But the hockey sense, outstanding. Like to to, to me, you know, the, the, there's three Zacharies in the, in the Quebec League. There's Zachary Bolduc. There's Zachary Leharu, who got traded to uh, Halifax in a big deal. And then there's Zachary Dean, who plays in Gatineau. They're all first-round picks. It'll be the year of Zachary from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for the 2021 draft. No doubt. Just quickly on him, um, it, you know, he does play with Lafreniere. There's people that say, is there a Lafreniere uh, impact? Uh, do you expect to see any kind of a drop-off without Alexi Lafreniere this coming year from him? Nope. And I'll tell you why. Because, you know, it's the same thing that I that, that I always hear, Dean. Oh, yeah, it's easy to play with Sidney Crosby. It's easy to play with Alexi. Oh, it is, is it? Oh, it's really easy, is it? Okay. Tell me why it's easy. And I'll tell you, it's not. It's harder to play with those guys because those guys have high expectations. They process the game at at incredibly fast rates. They have the skill and they demand that, you know, their demands they put on themselves and on their team are tremendous. So if you can't play with them and you can't contribute and take advantage of their skills and help them be the best player, they, you're not playing with them. So, okay, great. So you played with Alexis Lafreniere. I would suggest that Zachary Bolduck, you know, was a real significant compliment for uh, Alexis Lafreniere at different points in time, just like Chris Kunitz was a real significant uh, contributor to Sidney Crosby, as was Pascal Dupuis. doesn't mean they're – better or that Sidney Crosby's success was predicated on theirs or in the case of, uh, of Alexi Lafreniere, but never, ever, ever underestimate how important it is to have those guys playing with top players because those top players, they know what they need and you better provide it. Or guess what? You're not going to be playing with them. 
No doubt. All right, let's wrap with our Twitter Twitter poll question. Who is the best uh, pure goal scorer in the 2020 draft? Your choices are Jack Quinn, Alexander Holtz, Carter Savoy, and uh, Jacob Perot. I think I know your answer, but give it to us anyway. Jack Quinn. I think he's the best goal scorer in the draft. And, you know, he's 50-plus goals in Ottawa on a very good Ottawa team. And he's just a well-rounded goal scorer. And that's the guy that I see, uh, whoever gets him, in my view, is getting the best goal scorer in the 2020 draft. Great stuff as always, Craig. Thanks so much. We'll talk next week. We certainly will. Thank you, Dean. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What you talking about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game.